Hey readers, I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, episode 202. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader. What should I read next? We don't get bossy on this show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Every week, we'll talk all things books and reading and do a little literary matchmaking with one guest. Readers, if you are in North Carolina or close enough that you want to make a little road trip, I'm going to be there for several events in October, and I would love to see you there. First, on Thursday the 17th, I'll be at Bookmarks NC in Winston-Salem with Charlie Lovett to discuss his book, The Bookman's Tale. This is our October read in the Modern Mrs. Darcy Book Club, and we frequently get to speak to the authors at the end of the month when we've read the book, but this will be our first live book club discussion as opposed to video, and we would love to see you there, whether or not you are a book club participant. Tickets are free, but are required in advance. Then on Friday morning, October 18th, I'm hosting a meetup in Winston-Salem for our Patreon and book club communities. If you're making the trip from out of town, we want to give you more than one opportunity to see your fellow readers. Then on Saturday, October 19th, I will be at Nest Fest, an all-day festival hosted by my friend Mike Lynn Smith, also known as The Nester, right outside Charlotte in Midland, North Carolina. This is such a fun day with food, arts and crafts, music, good people, and authors selling and signing books. And I'm so happy to be back again to Nest Fest this year. For more information on all my upcoming events, visit my events page. That's at modernmrsdarcy.com slash events. That's where you'll find information on these North Carolina events, but also my trips to Huntsville, Nashville, and Cincinnati this season. modernmrsdarcy.com slash events. Today's episode is a double feature. I'm talking books with a pair of sisters, but unlike most of our episodes with multiple guests, they aren't looking to find titles they'll enjoy together. 12-year-old Mia and 10-year-old Micah already read the same books frequently, so we're looking to individualize their reading lives with totally separate recommendations. Mia is the older of the two and is looking to introduce a little romance to her bookshelves without leaving her comfort zone of action and adventure behind. Meanwhile, Micah battles a classic middle sibling problem. All her books are hand-me-downs, so she's looking for a good mystery novel, or better yet, a series that is exactly suited to her taste first and foremost. If you're an adult who has zero interest in quote-unquote kid books, I encourage you to give this episode a shot anyway. Most of the titles we're chatting about today are total hits with adult readers as well, because good books are good books, no matter your age. Now let's get to it. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm really looking forward to talking to you and your daughters today. We have not fulfilled our long-term dream of doing a What Should I Read Next for Kids, but every once in a while, we do enjoy talking to younger readers. We find that when readers get to listen to younger readers talk about their reading lives with the enthusiasm of the very young, it really Mm -hmm. helps them remember not just why they live to read now, but what their journey has been like as a reader. I do recommend YA and middle grade books to adults all the time on what should I read next. And I've talked to kids who enjoy reading books that you might expect to be just for grownups. Readers have a lot more in common than they think sometimes. Absolutely. What was the backstory of how you encouraged your daughters to write in to come on What Should I Read Next? It all started one day. I was heading to go pick up my oldest daughter, Mia, from the bus. And my younger daughter, Micah, was in the car with me. My podcast popped up on the Bluetooth speaker and it was What Should I Read Next? 
usually I just turn it off because I thought, oh, she won't be interested in this. And she was like, oh, why don't we just listen to it and see what that's like? So I just left it on and I don't even remember who it was. It was, <laughs> You know, that was going to be my next question. I figured it was coming, but I wasn't quite prepared. We just loved hearing the person talk about books and they got all excited. And she was definitely thrilled to hear that you recommended three books just for that person. So we started digging through the archives looking for kids. I had remembered that you had interviewed your daughter. I had remembered a couple others. So I found those and downloaded them and we listened to them. And she loved it and started getting a little bit upset that there wasn't more kids books you describe the book so well that she'd be like, oh, I want to read that. And of course, typical mom fashion, I'd say, well, you're 10. And <laughs> I don't think that would be quite appropriate for you at this time. Both the girls are advanced readers. So it does tend to get a bit tricky to find books that are challenging to them. But are appropriate for where they are in life. So we just started talking back and forth and I said, you know, there's a whole reader submission. It doesn't hurt to try. So that's kind of how we got to this point and they are very excited to chat books. I mean, one of their greatest passions is reading. Mike is 10, Mia's 12. Mm -hmm. They're filling out books that they love, but I really enjoyed noticing how many of their favorites and also one of their hated books are books that <laughs> plenty of adults, including myself, know and love, whether they read them for the first time as kids or whether they read them for the first time well into their adult years. Yeah, I was surprised about that too. I had no idea what they were going to pick. Well, I'm excited to hear in their own words. Sounds good. You ready for Micah? Micah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. As you know, and I know to your great frustration, we have not featured a great number of 10-year-olds on the show. So thank you for coming on. Is it hard to find good books to read sometimes? Yes, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about that. This is not a struggle I'm familiar with because first of all, just like your mom was saying, when you are a strong reader, but you're not reading adult books yet, it can be hard to find books that are satisfying and have like really great well-told stories, but don't talk about things that you feel like you're not ready to talk about yet. Yes. Also something that we experience in my house a lot, because I have four kids. None of them is 10 at the moment, but I've had a few 10-year-olds mm. and I'm going to have another. They find great books that they can read in like four hours or less. So it feels like you're always needing to find something new to read, which is exciting, but also can be a lot of work. Tell me about your reading life and your quest to find great books. I like mystery books, but it's hard to find books that are surprising because books like Encyclopedia Brown and Nancy Drew, just they have the same plot. So it gets really boring. Okay. So you like mystery books. Right now, how do you decide what you're going to read next? Does your mom help you pick out books? Do you look on the internet? Do you get suggestions from a librarian or maybe a friend? I just look in the library and look for books that catch my eye and read the inside of them. Do you know what we technically call that in the publishing world? No. That is the flap copy. It's an important way that readers decide what to read next. But you know, the author doesn't actually write that information. They don't? No. There's a sales team at the publisher that writes that information. Huh. They probably have a little bit of say in it, yeah. but they don't usually write it themselves. Have you found a great book by that method? 
Not necessarily besides Percy Jackson, but I kind of already got that from Mia a little bit. (laughs) Now, you too have an older sister who also loves to read. Do you get a lot of book recommendations from her? More from mom who tells Mia who reads them and I'm like, I want to read that. And mom's like, that's too old for you. Why don't you wait a certain couple of years? And I'm like, ugh. Oh, is that frustrating to feel like she's reading good books that you're not ready for? Yes, very. Do you believe your mom and your sister when they say you're not ready for them? Or do you think you could go on and read them now? Um, well, from Harry Potter, I honestly think I could have read it then because she said it was a little dark, but Mm -hmm. actually wasn't that bad. Micah, you've listened to the show. You know how this works. You are going to tell me three books you love, one book you don't, and what you've been reading lately. And I will do my best to recommend three titles you may enjoy reading next. Does that sound good to you? Yes. Okay. Tell me about the first book you love. I like When You Reach Me, a book about a girl named Miranda who starts getting these weird notes about the future. Miranda has to figure out who this guy is, what's up with the notes, and why her best friend won't talk to her. I forgot about her best friend not talking to her. Micah, I read this book as a grown-up, and I really loved it. So this is When You Reach Me by Rebecca Stead. Do you remember how you found out about this book? My mom said it was a really good book and she put it on my Kindle and I was just like, what the heck? This is amazing. (laughs) Is this one you've read recently? Um, maybe like a month or two ago. Well, the reason I asked is because this is not an easy book to read. I mean, there's a lot going on in the story and it can be really confusing to readers. Yes, but it wasn't actually that hard for me. This book is set in New York a little bit before I was born. What did you think about reading a book set 40 years in the past? I think it was pretty cool. So this is a Newbery winner. I feel like this just came out, but it's actually 10 years old now. And it's about a sixth grader whose life is really pretty normal until suddenly they get very, very strange. And I thought, I just really admired the way Rebecca Stead, the author, turned this tale of friendship and mystery into something really complex and fascinating. There's an angle here that I did not expect that we think it might be a spoiler to share, but I hope that kid and adult readers would give this a chance. Have you read anything else by Rebecca Stead? No, Okay. I don't think. She's written some other good books that you may thoroughly enjoy, but we'll talk about that. Micah, what did you choose for your second favorite? Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Okay, did you have a hard time deciding which Harry Potter, or did you just know that you had to put Harry Potter on the list? I knew I had to put Harry Potter on the list, and The Deathly Hallows is the most recent red one, and I absolutely love it. What is it that makes these books so great for you? Harry, Ron, and Hermione have to figure out how to defeat Voldemort. It has lots of magic and fighting. Why I like it is it's action-packed, and the books are entertaining. Action-packed, entertaining... Do you like the idea of good versus evil? Yes, and also I like that they have to figure out what everything is. So I assume you've read the whole series. Yes, I have. Though I had to wait a year to read the five and up books. And I was like, Mom, come on. I don't (laughs) care if it's dark. Because I had to wait for the Goblet of Fire. But then my best friend had a birthday party that was themed on that. And she's like my best, 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 best friend. So (laughs) she had to let me read it. And I have to say, that's one of my favorite books. But Deathly Hallows still beats that by a lot. I'm glad you loved it. So now has everyone in your house read Harry Potter? 
No, my little brother, he's eight now. He has to wait until he's nine. So just one more year. Do you feel bad for him that he has to wait? Yes, because I just want to spoil everything. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you can talk about these books with your mom and your sister in the meantime. At least I get to do that. Micah, what did you choose for your final favorite? The Hunger Games, just the one book. Katniss volunteers to take her sister's place in a game where kids have to fight each other. I liked this first novel because it mostly follows Katniss trying to survive in the game. It doesn't include anything else, not much love, not much fighting snow, just Katniss and Peeta versus everyone else. So when you said you like action-packed, yeah, you weren't kidding. Yes. Okay. Were you the first person in the family to read these books? Nope. Still Mia. I imagine you have lots of good books in your house and that Mia and your mom have ideas for what you could read next. So I imagine that's fun. But um, I hate waiting. Well, yeah, there's that. Do you like the idea of being the first one in your family to read a book every once in a while? Yes, but I found this second series to the first series in the book. And then Mia got to read it first because I returned it to the library and then she got the audiobook on a phone. So she still beat you? Yep. Okay. I l- hope you love each other a lot. Yes, but you know, sibling <laughs> rivalry. I don't have a sister. I don't know. Oh, you don't. I can imagine. I've read books about sisters. Being the middle child is the worst. I'm the firstborn daughter. I've never been the middle and I've never had a sister, but I always wanted a sister. So I'm a little bit jealous that you have one. And I'm glad my daughters have each other, even though they have brothers too. And I imagine that it's trying being the middle child at times, but man, middle children are great at life. Sometimes, but you have one above you, bossing you around and getting everything before you. And then you have one below you who gets all the cool toys when you got Barbies. <laughs> and also annoying you to death. So, Do you want to hear something really, really unfortunate I did when I was a kid? What? I gave my brother, my little brother, a rubber band gun for Christmas. That was a bad idea. I thought he would love it and I was right. And I just didn't think far enough ahead to imagine what would happen next. And I should have. But now he gives me good books to read and we get along great. And I haven't seen that rubber band gun in like 30 years. So it's all good. But I do think that we especially need to find some books that are perfect, exactly right for you and maybe just you today. Yes. Okay. Now tell me about a book you, did you use the word hate? Yes. I hated Where the Red Fern Grows. I might have read it too early. It's really, really sad. This book is beloved, Micah. Why? (laughs) probably for the exact same reasons that you hate it in my book I'd rather be reading I wrote about books that make you cry I think the essay is called I'm begging you to break my heart but I tell the story of how the first time I read this book was in fifth grade my teacher read it out loud and none of us had read it before and this was before the internet and apparently the elementary school kids didn't gossip and we didn't know what was coming and we didn't know what to expect and she read it out loud and I think the whole classroom was sobbing. And even my friend who was super tough, didn't want to admit to crying, least of all about a book, just started complaining really loudly about his allergies and how they just made his eyes water. And we were all like, yeah, sure they are. That, that We all know what's happening here. And it doesn't have to do with allergies. So it was really sad. Do you not like sad books? Absolutely hate them. But the action-packed ones often have sad stuff in them. I can think of some really sad moments in Harry Potter. 
Yes. But they're just side characters. <laughs> so you're okay with your side characters being involved in tragedy, just not your main characters? Yes. Okay. So you want a story that sad things might happen, but you want to end without tears. Yes. Or happy tears because happy tears are good. Ooh. Can you tell me about a book that elicited happy tears? Um, probably the end of the Five Kingdoms series. It's amazing. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I'm taking notes. You know, I have four kids who are always looking for what to read next. So bring on the recommendations. Micah, what are you reading right now? I am reading The House of Hades by Rick Riordan, A Grim Warning, Mocking Jay, and I'm rereading The Mysterious Benedict Society. Ooh, that seems like a good one for you. Yes. Micah, did I hear something about you loving the movie versions of your favorite books? I like the movie version of the Harry Potter and the Deathly House that they cut out so much and it was depressing. I liked it, but I, always the books are better. You just get to imagine more. With the movies, it just helps me become a good actor because I love acting. Oh, really? Yes. Does that change the way that you read books? Maybe the way you picture the scenes? Definitely. Interesting. Okay, so... Micah, the books you loved were When You Reach Me by Rebecca Stead, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, and pretty much the entire series, <laughs> and The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. And it sounds like you are still reading that series. Yes. I'm guessing you're going to read the whole thing. I definitely am. Okay. You hated Where the Red Fern Grows because you do not want a book to make you cry sad, sad tears, only happy ones. And right now you're reading more books that are fast moving, lots of adventure, you have lots of good versus evil and good versus everybody else. So Micah, for you, we're looking for books that tell great meaty stories that have complex plots that you can't just finish in an hour, but that are still, while they may be advanced reading wise, they're still age appropriate for a 10 year old. I would like to assure you that I know they seem hard to find, but there really are plenty of these books out there. And if you're listening now and you're nodding along thinking like, oh, this is something I've been looking for in my own life, or I know my neighbor or my niece or my nephew struggles with this, this is one of the number one emails we get in from readers looking for books. They're looking for books that are age appropriate for young, advanced readers. So if you have some recommendations or you just want to chime in and say, I so relate to this, please go to our show notes at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com and tell us because I'm sure everyone would love a big recommendation party there. Okay, that being said, are you ready to talk about what you should read next? Yes, but before we do that, I've got a joke for you. I would love to hear a joke. What's a lion's favorite book? I don't know. What's a lion's favorite book? Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> You can come back and tell me Jane Austen jokes anytime. Standing invitation. Where did you hear that one? I made it up. That's a good joke. I think you have a future. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Micah, something that I know a lot of young readers, and I mean, let's be honest, adults really love, is finding a great series. Because that means instead of just finding one great book, you can find three or eight or 20 all at once. You love The Hunger Games. You love Harry Potter. Do you feel that way about a great series too? Yes. Good to know. We'll get there. First, I want to say, if you loved When You Reach Me, I would really recommend you take a look at Rebecca Stead's previous book, Liar and Spy. I don't think 
you're ready for all her books. Like uh, Goodbye Stranger came out in 2015. And there are some themes there that I think your mom might judge to not quite be uh, ones that you're ready for. Okay. But I think Liar and Spy could be a really great pick for you. And as I'm sure you know or will learn, if you do find a book you love, it's great to look who the author is and see what else they have written. With many authors, it's the case that if you like one work, you're going to like a whole lot of other books they've written. But this book is also set in New York. It's set in an apartment building. It is not set in exactly the contemporary present day. There's a new kid who moves into the building. His name is George, but it's spelled with an S on the end. And so there are lots of silly wordplay jokes throughout the book. And <laughs> considering you just told me a pride and prejudice joke, I think you might think that aspect of it is really fun. George with an S moves into the new building and notices a spy club meeting sign posted up in their new apartment building's laundry room. He's new. He doesn't know anybody. He'll show up and check it out and he meets his new friend, Safer. That's really his name. Safe with an R. He's a 12-year-old self-trained spy. I think I might have heard about this. Okay, I like the sound of this. It's got a real distinctive cover, too. It's uh, real pretty. It's blue. It's got an apartment building on the front with a pair of uh, binoculars hanging down from the title text. What happens is Safer teaches George how to be a spy. He teaches him the tricks of the trade and puts him to work tracking a mysterious man in their apartment building that George and Safer call Mr. X. So this is a realistic novel and it's about friendship and standing up for yourself. I think you might really enjoy it. I liked First Light also, which is a really interesting concept, but not quite as much as Liar and Spy. Okay, for another standalone book, do you know a fairly new title called The Miscalculations of Lightning Girl? It is by Stacey McAnulty. Hmm, I don't think so. Well, the only reason... I found out about this is I was traveling on, I think, book tour last year, and I was at a bookstore in Denver. It's called Book Bar Denver. If you're ever in the area, look it up. It's a really fun place to go visit. At Book Bar, they have a mother-daughter book club. And unfortunately, I live 2,000 miles away. I'm probably never going to make it to their mother-daughter book club unless I get very lucky with my timing. But I was interested in seeing what a mother-daughter book club would be reading. So I jotted down a bunch of the suggestions and I brought them home with me. And my daughters ended up reading quite a few of them. So that is how I found out about the miscalculations of Lightning Girl. This story is about a girl named Lucy. Well, she's homeschooled. Her life completely changes when she is zapped by lightning. Oh. It does not kill her. Instead, what it does is give her a little bit of uh, quirkiness. Like she becomes very sensitive about certain things. And it also gives her incredible math skills. Like now all of a sudden she's gone from struggling with learning to catch on to math in school to becoming a complete math genius. So it completely changes her life, but she doesn't want anybody to know it. So what you have is a middle school girl dealing with these weird things that are very difficult to talk about, trying to live an ordinary life, trying to fit in with the world, except she's suddenly become very, very special. So it's not that easy. She's spunky and plucky and smart. And she's the kind of girl where you're like, she would be such a great friend. I would love to actually know her. And I think this might be interesting in a way you don't see a lot in books. Just really fun to read about a likable kid facing 
facing a very strange but very entertaining challenge. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. That is The Miscalculations of Lightning Girl by Stacey McAnulty. Okay, now what I really think you need is a good series. Are you on board for that? Yes. Have you read anything by James Riley? I'm not sure. He has written all kinds of books, all kinds of series, but the one I like for you the most based on your picks is called Story Thieves. The first book in the series is called Story Thieves, just like the title. There are five books in the series. Uh, One of them is very strange. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure, which I think you'll find super fun. The Lexile score on these books is pretty high. The Lexile score is a good indicator of the complexity of a certain text. And you can look up on the internet what I'm talking about. We'll put a link in show notes. Something I noticed about the books you love is they all have an element that messes with reality. When You Reach Me, Harry Potter, The Hunger Games, the worlds portrayed in those books are not quite the same as the world we live in. Similar, but not the same. Thank goodness for that. And that is very true in The Story Thieves as well. But it definitely does have one foot firmly planted in reality. These books are about a kid named Owen, who's just going to school, same old, same old, regular life, until one day he sees his fellow student, a girl named Bethany, climb out of a book in the school library. Oh. Right. Because that doesn't happen in your real life. Yeah. I think my friend has read it. I think I've seen her hold it just like at our co-op, which is just like a pretend school, but we learn. (laughs) I think you would like it, but she might know you a little better than I do. (laughs) Bethany is climbing out of a book, not just because she found a magical way in, but because Bethany herself is half fictional. So there's a couple things going on here. One, Owen discovers that even people he knows are half fictional and because they are, they have the ability to leap into any book because that's what you can do when you're part made up of a story. Bethany is on a quest. Her father got lost in a book a long time ago and she's been trying to figure out which book he's lost in so she can go find him. But Owen has a slightly different take on the situation. (laughs) Like he feels sorry for Bethany, but he also thinks... Hang on. I have a favorite fantasy series. It's called something strange, like Kyle Nomenfoot. And he would like nothing more than to go jump into that series. So he wants Bethany to take him. And of course, this is an action-adventure fantasy mystery novel. Of course, they jump into the book. (laughs) This is about friendship and courage and adventure and also power and very sometimes strange pleasures of a good story. Five books, James Riley, The Story Thieves. What do you think? It sounds good. And it also reminds me of Five Kingdoms. And it has lots of the same qualities as you just said. It does. I don't know if this one is going to make you cry. Happy tears or sad tears. But I like that you're comparing it to The Five Kingdoms, which we know you loved. Do you want a couple more titles I think you may enjoy? (laughs) Okay. Check out the Artemis Fowl series if you haven't already. Ah, my sister's reading that. Cool. The Framed series. And I think you might be ready for this reading-wise, definitely content-wise, but I think you might be ready for this reading-wise as well. And that is The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making. It is a series. Nice. Okay. Micah, thank you for talking books and about your reading life with me today. We talked about Liar and Spy by Rebecca Stead. 
The Miscalculations of Lightning Girl by Stacey McAnulty, and the Story Thieves series by James Riley. Of those books, what do you think you might read next? Um, Story Thieves. I can't wait to hear what you think. Thanks so much for talking books with me. I'm glad to be here. Mia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, I just got to talk to your sister, Micah, about her book selections. And what we were really looking for for her were fast-paced, mysterious, action-packed books that were good for her as an advanced 10-year-old reader, but also were still age-appropriate. Yeah, that sounds about right of what she would like. Now, you're two years older, is that right? Yes, that is correct. Okay, what grade are you in now? I am now in seventh. And what are you looking for in your reading life? In my reading life, I am mostly looking for something pretty fast-paced. That way I don't get bored with it. I'm also looking for something with good character development, but character development that doesn't take up half the book to reach the certain point where the characters are actually good characters, then you feel like you like them. I also mostly like fantasy and sci-fi novels, but I have read a couple of historical fiction novels, but I wasn't really great with history, so I forgot most of the historical things that happened, so historical fiction didn't really work that well. Do you have any theories on why it hasn't worked for you so far? I guess I expect it to be fast-paced and like sci-fi and adventure and stuff, but most of the times it's just a lot of like facts woven into a story, which made felt like the story part of it was kind of getting lost instead of like mainly focused on the story. Ooh, interesting. Okay, you haven't said any titles, but I wonder if you've been reading one of those books that's written with the purpose of really being a history lesson for kids, but it's being packaged as a story. It's not being told with the express purpose of being a great story and you want a great story. Yeah, I think I have been reading some of those and I'm just like, I don't get why people like historical fiction. This is boring and it feels like, well, I learned about ancient Egypt in third grade or something like that. I don't exactly remember exactly when, but it's just like, why are you telling me something I already know? It feels like it's trying to talk to me like I'm stupid. Mia, I suspect that's because you haven't found the right one. I suspect that as well. I know my mom is a lot like me in her reading life and Uh at least from the stuff that she tells me. And she has read a really good historical fiction book recently, World War II and stuff. Resistance Woman. So she said that I could read that when I'm a little bit older. So I think that I would probably like more books that were sort of like that, except age appropriate. Ooh, I might have one of those for you. Cool. But first, before we get there, you know how this works. You're going to tell me three books you love, one book you don't, and what you've been reading lately. And we will talk about what you should read next. Okay. The first book that I loved, I said, was The Lunar Chronicles. My mom actually heard about it from a friend and then she heard about it on this podcast. So she was like, I mean, I guess these are good. So she let me read them. Apparently, I've been raving about them lately. (laughs) So I really, really like them. It's about a cyborg girl named Cinder and she's a mechanic. Around the world at this time, there is a plague going on. This plague has been killing a lot of people. They really don't know where it came from, but it just happened all of a sudden. So that's just like an underlying factor of the book that sort of helps create a little bit more suspense that like anyone can catch the plague at any time. And it just adds like another element of danger to it, which I really liked. 
But anyway, one day Cinder is at her mechanic stand and the emperor of the Eastern Commonwealth came to her mechanic stand in hope of fixing his royal android because it broke down. And apparently he's saying that there is some valuable information on it, but I guess he says it like he doesn't really think it, but she knows that he's actually lying about it because she has a lie detector inside of her cyborg brain. So that's basically where the entire awesome story of it starts. Action-packed sci-fi fantasy fairy tale retelling. Have mm-hmm. you read the whole series? I have read the entire actual series, and I just finished a spinoff book of it, Fairest, and I hope to read all the spinoff books of it because I just am very, very sad that this series ended, although I'm glad it ended when it did because if it didn't end when it did, it would start getting bad, and then I don't think I would like it as much. So You know, this sounds like a really strange book. Use the word cyborg. Yeah. And what I found is that lots of readers tweens and teens and adults say, oh my gosh, this is the kind of book that I never expected to love, but I can't get enough of. Exactly. When mom told me about it, I was like, okay, I (laughs) I guess I could try reading that. So then she requested it from the library and then she picked it up and I started reading it at my summer camp because I was like, well, this is like the only book I broad because they wouldn't let me read things on my Kindle at camp. So I started reading it and then soon I got really sad when our like break time was over because I couldn't read anymore and no, I have to read. I have to see what happens next. So then later I was like, well, next time I should just really trust mom whenever she says I'll like a book. High fives for you and for your mother. Yay. What did you choose for your next book? I chose the Hunger Games series. Oh, another popular one. Yeah. I chose the Hunger Games because I guess it was very fast-paced and there was an element of romance to it, which is the same with the Lunar Chronicles, but it wasn't the driving factor of the story. There were other plots going on. It was more of a subplot, which I felt helped me dive into it more. What it's about is a girl from a district which you find out what that is in the book. Her name is Katniss Everdeen. In this world, it's dystopian. So the government sort of messed everything up. The districts rebelled against the capital, which is basically the place where everything happens. It's like, I guess it's like the state capital, like what we think of as the state capital, like Washington, D.C. for us. All the districts in the past rebelled against the capital, and so the capital decided that they were going to make something to punish the districts, which was the Hunger Games. The rules of the Hunger Games were simple. They, each district was to send one tribute into the capital where they would go to a public arena where they would fight to the death. And that is the basic story of the Hunger Games series. The Hunger Games premise is intense. Did you have any reservations about reading it? Not really. I liked how intense it was and violence really doesn't bother me that much. Like a lot of people would be like, oh no, it's kids killing kids and stuff. And I mean, I do feel it, all the emotions you're supposed to feel. I'm not like heartless. I'm just like, meh, whatever. They died. I actually care, but I don't like put myself into their shoes quite as much because it's not super relatable for me. I'm not in their shoes as much, so it's not as scary. Okay. So it sounds like while you love to read a good story, you don't lose yourself in the story. Yeah. You're able to remember like, this is a book. 
which is the same when I'm watching movies as well. I just can remember that this is a movie. It's harder with movies though because you're actually like seeing it. So I guess that's kind of why I like books a lot better than movies is because I can remember a lot easier than it's not real. Mia, what did you choose for your final favorite? For my final favorite, I chose Five Kingdoms series by Brandon Mull. Mm-hmm. Your sister was just saying she loved this, but she left the explaining to you. Yeah, I really, really love this series. Really all of Brandon Mull's books. He is a fascinating writer. So this series starts with a boy named Cole Randolph, and he is going to a haunted house on Halloween. But something happens in this haunted house, and he's very confused on really what's going on. Once they enter the basement of the haunted house where all the actual haunted house stuff is he hears the door lock behind him and he starts getting like a little bit creeped out so him and his friends dalton and jenna are like okay so then they just continue on down they're like whatever it's probably just like some sound effect so they continue down the stairs and into the basement where then they realize that this is not an ordinary haunted house and they get kidnapped by slave traders from another dimension and they get taken to the five kingdoms. The whole place is called the outskirts. There are five kingdoms in this, which is why it's called five kingdoms. A curtain falls on top of Cole in the haunted house. So the slave traders do not capture him. So Cole goes after them to try to rescue them. Only when he gets there, he realizes like this is not normal at all. He finds out that no one in his world can remember him. Once he realizes that, he goes and tries to rescue his friends, but ends up getting captured again. Then he gets traded to the Sky Raiders, which is the name of the first book. And that's the basic idea of the book. How did you find the series, Mia? My friend recommended them to me. Okay. It's good to have friends who also like to read. Yeah, it really is. Because then sometimes I'm just like completely lost and I'm like, I don't have any books to read. And then they recommend a book to me. and I'm like, okay, I'll try that. There are some times though where you book it's recommended to you and you're just like, I'm not at all interested in this book. And then you're just like, I don't want to be rude, but I don't like this book. That can be frustrating. That's a conversation I think I have with readers every day. It's not just you. Cool. Mia, what book is not for you? The book that was not for me is The True Set Bakura. My Star Wars pronunciation is not very good. So this is a Star (laughs) Wars novel by Kathy Tyers. What I don't like about this book was how it dragged on and on and on. And it described everything so much that you lose the story. Like it was describing this one room for like two and a half pages. Princess Leia's hairdo for like half a page. And it was very frustrating because I couldn't focus on the actual story, which is why I don't remember what the story was about at all. So not enough action, too much description. Yeah, way too much description. What are you reading now? I just finished The Pretties, the second book to the Ugly series. I recently finished The Lunar Chronicles and a graphic novel, Real Friends and Ghost Boys. So you're reading a lot these days and you're reading all over the place. Yes, I am reading a lot and I am reading way all over the place. I like it. And what are you looking for in your reading life? Any kind of books you want to try or anything that you want more of genre-wise or story-wise? What I would like to be different about my reading life is I would like to be able to like romance novels or maybe be able to 
find romance novels that I like. So when you say romance novels, what do you have in mind? I think I have in mind like the romance as part of the driving storyline. Like mm-hmm. in Everything, Everything, the romance was part of the driving thing. But the sickness that Madeline had was the main driving goal of the story, if that makes sense. There's a love story, but there's also a whole lot of action. Exactly. And not just feelings. And not just feelings. Just feelings is confusing. And I guess the reason why I don't like it when it's just all the romance feelings is because I've never been in love as a 12-year-old. So I don't really get what that would be. So I don't understand it. So I can't really feel what the characters are feeling. So it just ends up being like, if you like this guy, then you should be like with this guy. And then if you don't like this guy, just dump him. I don't care. Like it doesn't make sense to me. But if it's not the driving story, then I think I can get it a little bit more than just completely just feelings. So. All right. That's helpful. I got some ideas. You ready to talk about them? Yes. So you loved the Lunar Chronicle series by Marissa Meyer the Hunger Games series by Suzanne Collins, and the Five Kingdoms series by Brandon Mull. So collectively, that is a whole lot of books we're talking about there. Truce at Bacara, the Star Wars book by Kathy Tires, was not for you. And now you're reading all over the place, story and genre-wise. Yep. Mia, first, there's two books that I think might be worth adding to your list, especially because you read a lot. You need a lot of book ideas. Three might only carry you through the weekend. Yeah. There are two books that are both historical, which isn't squarely what I see you loving here, but I think they have enough similar elements that I'd love to see you give them a try so that you can perhaps experience a book in a genre that hasn't worked for you so far in a specific novel that really does. The first book is You Bring the Distant Near by Mitali Perkins. This is a YA novel. It's inspired largely by the author's own personal story. She was one of three sisters, so I imagine that she has some life experience you can relate to, but a whole bunch that will be new to you. So this is a novel that covers three generations of women that bounces around the globe, that tracks women facing challenges as they move and grow and interact with family and foreign cultures. And I think there's enough in there that you have experienced will relate to that you'll find it'll be your way in. But I think it could really take you to new worlds and new experiences as well. And I think you might really enjoy that. However, there's not as much action as there is in another historical book that might be an even better entry point to historical for you. That is Codename Verity by Elizabeth Ween. It's about two females from very different backgrounds who are fighting in World War II. One is a pilot, one is a spy. They get into heaps of trouble and have to do incredible things. And I think it's got friendship, love, action, battle scenes, good versus evil, uh, intrigue. I think there's a lot happening in this novel, and I think you might find it really exciting. When you started talking about resistance women and how your mom thought you might enjoy it when you're older, I thought, well, what could you enjoy right now that's very similar? And I think Mm. this is the answer. That's Codename Verity by Elizabeth Ween. But let's talk about right now, your like action sci-fi picks. Yeah. Because that's what I hear that you know that you love. And I'd really love to send you out with books that you know you're excited to read. Have you picked up the Renegade series by Marissa Meyer yet? 
No, I have not. I saw it advertised at the end of the Lunar Chronicles book, and I was like, well, this looks interesting, but I have a whole bunch to do right now and a whole bunch of other things that I'm reading right now, so I'll read that eventually. Okay. We'll make eventually sooner rather than later because this is a really fun book. Although, actually, Mia, I think your timing might be perfect because Renegades came out a couple years ago, then Arch Enemies came out about a year ago, and the third book in the series comes out in November 2019. I don't know about you, but in my house, we think there's nothing worse than getting to a cliffhanger ending and having to wait years for the next installment. It's so terrible. It's like the book is mocking you and you're just like, stop that. I want to read it. It is like the book is mocking you. It doesn't bother some readers. And to them, I say, I admire your patience. (laughs) I do not have it. So the third book comes out in November. Maybe this fall is a great time to read the Renegades series. I hear lots of readers who love the Lunar Chronicles finding out about Renegades and being like, well, I don't know. It's not the same. The characters are different. But I think this is worth your time, especially because it has something that you're explicitly looking for in your reading life right now, which is something that is romance-y but isn't just about the feelings. In Renegades, there's plenty of action. So this is a superhero story. That's probably not what you think about when you hear about a superhero story because Mm -hmm. the protagonist here is Nova, and she's not actually that kind of superhero. Her alias in the book is actually Nightmare. She is not a good guy. She's one of the villains, and she is out for revenge against the true heroes the renegades of the title who are in charge of the city. But as she starts executing her plans to extract revenge, she starts to get to know one of the superheroes, a guy named Adrian, and he happens to have his own reasons to get back against the bad guys. And they are not on the same team, but uh, they get to know each other and sparks start to fly. And this is an action novel, but it also has that interpersonal element that I think in this context might be fun for you to read about. So the backstory of how Marissa Meyer got her idea is really interesting. She said she got this idea in her head just from a billboard she saw someplace about originally setting this like in a school, like a school for superheroes. And she ended up abandoning that concept. But when she first started thinking about her next novel, she thought, oh, but what if, what if there was a group of superheroes and a group of supervillains and they were fighting each other? And what if a girl and a guy fell in love? And what if there was all kind of battle and intrigue and action along the way. And that's what Renegades is. How does that sound? That sounds really awesome. All these books I am now super, super excited to read. And I'm like, this one book I was reading right now suddenly does not sound that interesting anymore compared to these books. So now I'm just like, go to the library and check them all out. Well, I mean, finish the book. Don't abandon the book. But I'm glad it sounds interesting to you. Yeah, I will definitely finish the book, but then I will also like request these books at the library and like read them like as fast as I can without like missing any of the details so I can get on to the next awesome book. Sounds good. Okay, now the next book I have in mind seems almost too perfect, and I think you must have read them all already, but it's the Selection Series by Kira Cass. Have you read these? I have not heard of the author, and I have not heard of the series. This is another multi-book series, and It's been described as The Hunger Games meets The Bachelor. Now, I've only seen one episode of The Bachelor, but I still know what The Bachelor is. Do you know what The Bachelor is? No, I do not. 
this is a reality TV show where they have one man and a whole bunch of women vying for his affection. And week by week, contestants get eliminated until you have the winner at the end of the series. And I'm sure listeners who actually watch The Bachelor regularly, because lots of people watch The Bachelors, are thinking, oh my gosh, that's the worst description I've ever heard. And it probably is. And yet, it still does tell you a lot of what you need to know about the selection. Here's the Hunger Games part about the selection. These novels are set in the fictional nation of Ilia, in which every citizen is assigned a cast. You can be a one, which means you're royalty. You have all the privileges, all the perks, really nice house, lots of money, anything you want. You can be an eight, which is like the untouchables. And then there's everything in between. The cast you're in determines where you live, what you do with your life, what kind of job you have, who you might marry, what opportunities are open to you and which absolutely are not. Our protagonist is America Singer. She is a five. So she is not royalty. Her family's always a little bit hungry, doesn't have quite enough to go around, but compared to the sixes and sevens and eights, they are doing okay and feel like they shouldn't be complaining. In the nation of Ilya, there is a young prince named Maxon, and it's about time for him to get married. So since things haven't been that great in Ilya, his parents decide that they are going to run a selection, something that's happened in the past, and they are going to, I think, randomly draw 30-something women from among the various casts to come live at the palace and hang out with Prince Maxon and compete to become the next queen. This is very romancy in the sense that it is all about who is going to fall in love with and marry whom. However, it is not romancy in the fact that, first of all, America's her own person. She's in love with the five next door from back home. Um, she has zero interest in Prince Maxon, but she is very interested in going to compete because every week she hangs in and doesn't get kicked out of the competition is income for her family because she gets paid oh. every week she stays. And so she is very interested. I mean, don't you like her already? Like, Yes, I do. It's not the opportunity she would have wanted, although honestly, most girls in the kingdom do, but she knows that her family needs her and she wants to do what she can. That sounds like a very, very interesting book, and I think that I will really, really like that. I think that that would have just enough action and stuff in it to where it's not just a love story, that I will be able to like read it without feeling like, well, this is making no sense, and barf, love. Oh, it'll make sense. Okay, they are cool. really fast moving. And lo- like I read these all for my own sake when fellow grown-up readers said, oh, they're so fast and fun. And I think you'll really enjoy them, Anne. And I thought, okay, if you say so, we will give this a try. Something else I think you should know about these books is while, I mean, if you look at the covers, they're beautiful women in beautiful dresses, but that's not the only thing going on in these stories. When you start reading them, you'll see that maybe from a distance to the people of Ilya, it looks like everything is perfect in the castle, but everything is not perfect in the castle. There's a lot going on in the royal family. Um, There's a lot of uh, complications between the 30-something women who are competing, and there's a lot of tense political situations happening between Ilya and the other countries. I think given the books that you know have really worked for you, that that's something you enjoy as a reader and it's something you'll find here. 
I really love and I sort of hate books like that because I read in bed at night and then it's time to go to bed and I'm like, no, can I just finish this one chapter? And then I finish the chapter and I'm like, no, can I finish this one other chapter? And then everyone's like, no, you already finished a chapter. (laughs) Yep, that's how it goes. Okay, so we talked about a lot of books today. You Bring the Distant Near and Codename Verity. And then we dug deep on the Renegade series by Marissa Meyer and the Selection series by Kiara Cass. Mia, of those books, what do you think you'll read next? I'm thinking that I'll probably read the Renegades next because it's by a familiar like author. School is busy and I need a fast-paced book during the school year. That sounds great to me. And Mia, I can't wait to hear what you think. Thanks so much for talking books with me today. You are very, very welcome. Thanks so much for letting me talk books with you. Hey readers, I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Mia and Micah today, and I'd love to hear what you think they should read next. That page is at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 202, and it's where you'll find the full list of titles we talked about today. Subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We will see you next week. In the meantime, you can find our sister show, One Great Book, where I tell you about a favorite book of my own in 10 minutes or less, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Search for One Great Book and tune in on Fridays. If you are on Twitter, let me know there, at Ann Bogle. That is Ann with an E, B is in books, O-G-E-L. Tag us on Instagram to share what you are reading. You can find me there, at Ann Bogle, and at What Should I Read Next. Our newsletter subscribers are the first to know all the What Should I Read Next news and happenings, also all my event news and happenings. If you're not on the list, go to whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash newsletter to sign up for our free weekly delivery. That's whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash newsletter. If you enjoy the show, please help us spread the book love. Share What Should I Read Next with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We are so close to 5,000 ratings, y'all. So please go leave a rating or review. And also grab a copy of my book, I'd Rather Be Reading, for yourself or as a gift for a fellow book lover. These are tangible things you can do that really help our show, and we appreciate it. Thanks to the people who make the show happen. What Should I Read Next is produced by Brenna Frederick with sound design by Kellen Pekacek. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as Reiner Maria Rilke said, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone. <laughs>